The Final Fix Podcast. What's good? Guess who's back with a brand new rap? And it's I don't mean stuff. rappers. <laughs> we're not. We're not. No, we're not. Carry on. Uh, shout out! Shout out Eminem! Shout Big out up Marshall Mothers! Big yeah. up Kamikaze! My favorite album. Exactly. I think this is it. The- Jonah Lucas is actually goaded. <laughs> the Beastie Boys <laughs> rips off Eminem. Exactly. Big <laughs> Rubin wouldn't be famous if it weren't for Eminem. So. Exactly. And Dr. Dre as well. Eminem put on so many people. Literally. And and that's one of the best intros you'll ever hear in your life. <laughs> Try and top that, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Back at it. Yeah. Best podcast we're... you'll listen to. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll let you go through uh, what what we're doing today, and I'll just kind of sit back and and chill. Cool. So we're doing something a little bit different today. We are going to be doing a Desert Island Discs kind of kind of format, and the spotlight is on Joe today. Oh. So we're going to be looking at some of Joe's top songs that he would take with him on a Desert Island disc. Oh yeah, sorry, we, we, we're kind of switching it up from the, the traditional, because I think the usual Desert Island discs is, it's like, what it's eight songs which we've stuck to, and then they usually do one book, but I think if we both did one book, like legit mine would be Of Mice and Men. Of like, Mice and Men, yeah. Be, I haven't read a lot since then. Yeah, exactly. It's probably the last book that I've probably read in full. <laughs> so, yeah, mine is that, that wasn't like, that. Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you know, trivia book <laughs> or something like that. Exactly. Um, and I don't think that counts. So Yeah, so it's usually eight tracks, one uh, book and one luxury item. And so we've kind of flipped that on its head. So it's one, it's eight tracks still, one film, one luxury item and then one person to take along with you, alive or dead. Do I have to bring them with me dead? Like if I picked Margaret Thatcher, I have to, you know, dig her up. <laughs> did anyway. I don't know why you would want to, but... Yeah. No, I would not want Margaret Thatcher with me. <laughs> unless I was in need of a toilet um, on the island. But oh, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like that. <laughs> we'll move. We'll move on. So, we're going to go through Joe's top eight tracks. So, do you want to give us your first one, Joe, and we'll have a bit of a chat about it? Yeah, uh, well, I think the first... I've tried to try to use my eight songs and just kind of go through my own personal music journey. And so my first track, I went with uh, Frank Ocean's Nikes. Interesting pick, uh, interesting which pick. I think it's one on the album that everyone kind of looks at and goes, uh, well, why? <laughs> why is he doing <laughs> the chipmunk vocals? That was my first impression uh, of the album, just put, I can't It just lie. puts people off. But I think when you actually like, you can you can still sing it. If you've seen him perform it like yeah, in yeah. the studio, like you can still sing it. But I think just the whole like the instrumental to the whole thing, it just feels so dense. And it reminds me of because I used to listen to Blonde like in the summer between GCSEs and sixth form, and I just mm. remember like every morning going to lifeguard and I'd just stick on Blonde, and like this was the first track I'd obviously hear, and so I've heard that more than any of them. Yeah. And I think it's it's quite a nice middle ground in terms of uh, lyrics that kind of you know make you think, kind of quite introspective, and to end of that authentic emotion that Frank puts into most of his songs, and then just kind of you have like you know the R.I.P. ASAP, R.I.P. Pimp C, and you know there's a lot, and his verse in it as well is that second half where it go, where it just feels like I don't know how to describe that little transition that goes on. Because it's all, it all just feels like you're masqueraded in like synths and then transitions into just, I don't even know. It's just like light strings, like harp or whatever. Yeah. And it feels like just a, a starry night. 
it's and it's all just like just ethereal. Yeah. And it's it's one of them you just kind of lose yourself in it. Is that another M and M reference? So we gone we gone for two in, in, in for five <laughs> wait, wait, minutes. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> whoever whoever counts them all wins. Um, I don't know yeah. five pounds. <laughs> Not from us though. No. <laughs> from your mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Should we? But no. next song. I'm quite excited about this one because this was going to be on my list as well. <laughs> I, I was I was quite surprised that you were going to put this on your list, but yeah, I think before I got out of sixth form, just the majority of music that I listened to was rap music, and mm. I think my sort of more attentive look on music and kind of trying to explore as much of rap music as I can as in terms to music in general that came um, when. Uh, it was a drama trip and we had to drive a coach down to London and I listened to what did I listen to? College Dropout, Late Registration, Graduation and My Beautiful Darts Twisted Fantasy all back to back on the way down to London and so that with that I kind of fully got into Kanye West and then just kind of from that it's like a downward spiral where you just kind of <laughs> know, know everything about him and then next thing you know you're just agreeing with everything he says but well no before well, I've got to correct myself not everything not <laughs> everything that he said there's there's some things that he shouldn't he that definitely should, yeah. shouldn't have said and I don't agree with. <laughs> but <laughs> listening to everything he says, yeah, maybe, exactly. but maybe just forming a different opinion on it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just kind of kind of seeing where it comes from because I think during um, my last year of high school, I kind of listened to I think I'd listened to Jesus a little bit when it came out, or just some certain tracks like Blood on the Leaves, yeah. Bound to, and Black Skinhead. All the tunes. And then I remember when Life of Pablo came out because it came out on Tidal, didn't it? And then yeah. everyone that I knew started uh, pirating it, which <laughs> you shouldn't do. Don't pirate Poor music. Your artists. You know, music industry isn't in the best place right now. You know, you need to start rewarding the artists that you're uh, that you enjoy. But <laughs> everyone started paying for it, and um, it was that pic- it was like the picture that it came with. It wasn't the album cover. It was like buy this album, you fucking thief or something. It said on it, <laughs> it was the pic- like oh the orange background and a picture on it. Yeah. And, um, so I, I remember listening to that uh, when it came out and was like, oh, there's some good stuff on here, but nah. And then he did the Redux version of it when he put it on Spotify. Yeah, and with, then I with listened to Pablo it again at the end. After that, because everyone just wrote it off. Everyone wrote Life of Pablo off after that first, like, first version that he put out. Yeah. But listening to the second one, I was like, that's actually, like, it's sick. It, it got uh, a big no, one, no one wanted to hear it. No one wanted to hear it at the time anyway, so I was mm. ahead of my time. I've got the um, Life of Pablo on vinyl, but it's the original version, <laughs> so it's missing St. Pablo, which is a real yeah, shame. And then like, so it, it adds so much to it as well. And as well, Yeah, and just realize, some of the extra verses and stuff. Yeah, you don't realise like how much all the little things that he's added to it make it that much better. It's yeah. like the choir background vocals on Father Stretch My Hands Part 1. Yeah, literally. They, it sounds so. It just sounds so much nicer and just so much more energetic or whatever. And the um, but, which song is it now? Oh, it's on Thirty Hours when he says, um, "I remember being too nervous to record Victoria's Secret, so I pictured everybody oh, yeah, with yeah. the clothes off." Yeah, the the instrumental stops in in the the Redux version. Then the original it keeps yeah. on going, and it's just that little difference makes the song look so much better in yeah. my opinion. But yeah, so it, we'll it, talk it, about it, the it, song because it is on none of these albums that we've mentioned. That, we no, just, we just got in our so Kanye fanboy what, mode. <laughs> this is it. I've got to give the context. You know, this is yeah. the life of a Kanye fanboy. <laughs> um, so, in 2018, he came out with a, his um, slavery was a choice and <laughs> a lot of a lot of other things. 
and then you know it was good music June or whatever it was because he did Daytona, didn't yeah, he? and that was sick. That was sick. I, I loved I loved Daytona, and then he did Yay, and I think I think it's such an underrated album in general. I think mm, it's I what, agree. to to me. I think it's better than Life of Pablo. I'd say it's on par. I think, I think he just kind of it's more concise for one, and yeah, he has yeah, got like yeah. you know all mine or whatever, which which I just think it's sick anyway. It's just like that <laughs> funny vibe. Which it's I, it's I, the kind of, kind of vibe as um, as uh, Father Stretch My Hands, you know, the model oh, uh, yeah, yeah. line. It's that kind <laughs> of feel. <laughs> we, we should we should just do an episode of reading out awful Kanye lyrics but as well <laughs> the sick thing about him is just that he writes those awful lyrics but at the same time you're chatting shit about him but you still remember them so he's yeah. still won in that sense mm. but yes and then the final two tracks on that on Yay are both 10s out of 10s both amazing in terms of production and everything and so to, to kind of uh, cap this off my, my second track I've gone with Ghost Town wonderful choice um, yeah I think it just kind of sends me back to like that final leg of sixth form yeah and me then too. going into like union just kind of being a, a different person kind of like the opportunities that are there to be fair I think as well that Kid Cudi was on the track and Kanye's verse was kind of melodic it wasn't really rappy but it still kind of yeah, was, it was quite standout it, was, it still felt kind of genuine and then that 070 shake final verse is just one of them like you can't you can't sing along to that verse and not get like shivers down your spine yeah no, it's, it's so just good. one of them and you can't you can't just say, say that to yourself you've got to you've got to chant it yeah and um it's just it's that video of 070 shake running around the um the wyoming ranch at the listening party <laughs> and i just thought that like that video just shows like you know the sense that you get from it because she was such a she wasn't known and he just kind of put her on the map in, in like the best way possible. Yeah. How amazing that final leg of the track is. And I think as well, it kind of sums up Kanye and just, you know, uh, I feel kind of free. We're still the kids we used to be. But it's just kind of like, you know, you've gone through so much and, you know, now you're kind of at the top of the mountain kind of thing. Yeah. And I think just every track should have a notion of that. Because, yeah, no, it's, it's a you know, fantastic song. An uplifting uplifting kind of feel for me that yeah. whole summer was just dictated by by those three albums um yeah, that, that made up the bulk of melissa well. yeah 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 because i think this is it i think people underrate how great kanye was in that time like yeah the nas and tiana Taylor albums weren't that great but mm. those those three are like but yeah that man put out five in, in one year yeah. and the those three albums like daytona's pusha t's best album you can't yeah. deny that Kids E Ghost is a classic. I, I personally would rate it a ten out of ten and that's not influenced by anyone. <laughs> not certain mel- <laughs> melon head internet reviewers. It's not, we'll, we'll we'll get to we'll get to the melon. We'll get to the melon <laughs> soon enough. Um, but yeah, I think it's just it's one of those songs that just kinda you know, regardless of what mood I'm in, if I want uplifting you you stick that track on and there, there yeah. I am. Oh, it's super good that yeah. song. Love it. Love that whole album. Mm. Anyway, so track number three is one by Radiohead, I believe. I'm kind of getting uh, mixed up between which one I heard first out of this one and the next one, but yeah, we'll ah. do we'll do the Radiohead one. Coming out of listening to rap music, I kind of thought that I want to listen to something more because I was fed up of just waiting on releases that were so lackluster, and it was mm. like 
I was listening to bloody waiting. I remember waiting for like Rich the Kids album to come out and then just kind of realizing like why, <laughs> why am I doing this to myself? And so that's when I kind of thought, okay, there's a, there's a broader outreach here and there's definitely different things that I could be listening to that would be more beneficial. And so that kind of started my journey into looking at you know the best albums of all time lists kind of thing. And I knew that you know you could go for through those what revolver abbey road yeah uh, sergeant pepper white album from the beatles dark side of the moon pink floyd the wall pink floyd um and radiohead's okay computer and so yeah. i was like if i if i if i needed a starting point that's where you they're, go they're, they're, yeah. the, they're the albums i've got to listen to and i think one track that stood out to me uh from radiohead's okay computer was let down I think because Airbag stood out to me the most to begin with, but I think listening to it multiple times, I think it's just how melancholic that track feels while having so many like different elements to it. So many layers, yeah. And it feels, it, yeah, it kind of embodies that you know the transition of going into a technological age, and kind of how because Tom York wasn't really, uh, <laughs> wasn't really very happy after. Wasn't one over with a lot. The, yeah. The bends. You can kind of sense that in the track and just how just what's the word just mel- melancholic he kind of is because he's just kind of fed up yeah it is then... it is that complete vibe isn't it it's just that sort of looking around yeah. and just being very miserable with with the state of a lot of things um and yeah so his own sort of gripes with with touring and just the world in general really do come through on that song the world transitioning i think that's kind of mad how he did this in 97 when obviously you look at life now and you know where would we be without computers and you know this sort of transition that he's just predicting in a way it's like a it's like a bit of a ghostly foretelling of um of like the information age it's a sort of discrete warning of a lot of things that were going to come and a lot of things that did come true so i think it's, it's even more yeah, special exactly. for that the uh, the final leg of the track his voice goes from one ear to the other and he's just kind of singing in the chorus and then it transitions into this sort of like i don't know how to describe it but it just sounds it just sounds like you know when Mr. Krabs in Spongebob BB boop BB boop I can't describe <laughs> this the final the final outro of the track other than like that it just sounds like a computer yeah and just like tap, but it's supposed to I think I saw something somewhere where it was like um, computer versus the human and I think in the, I don't know if it's in this one where the computer wins or Karma Police is the next track and in that one the computer wins but it's something along those lines and I just thought you know the amount of artistic value to the track just kind of got me wrapped up in it and since, yeah. since then I think it was like oh I'm going to listen to all of Radiohead stuff now oh, what and a great yeah, decision I don't think I've looked back since Yeah, I know, I know, this is it it's Radiohead, Rich the Kid you know, it was a tough one but I think I came out the right way yeah, Rich the Kid is so much better <laughs> exactly so what's your next pick Joe? my next pick, this is, this is where we start mentioning the melon and this is where man. we get into stuff that's quite different. <laughs> yeah. And and this is where I can I just remember seeing a video. I was in Greece at the time. I wasn't having a very good time. I just kind of kept to myself for the majority of it. But um, I remember seeing a video and it was uh, Volksgeist talking about Fantano's tens. How he decides an album is a ten out of ten. And so at the time, he'd only given four albums a ten out of ten. So I was looking through and I was like, right, I've heard two of a butterfly i've heard uh kids see ghosts and so the other two i was like oh well i'll give them a go i'll give them a go and so on the <laughs> flight back i was like i'm gonna listen to uh the money store by death grips and screenshot by no uh, to, to be, be kind. kind by swans yeah. 
I only, I only got as far as screenshot, which is why, <laughs> which yeah. is why I say that. But yeah, oh, I think it might have been the night before actually, because I remember just like plugging my headphones in and then just putting on, and then obviously get got the first track from yeah. the money store. And I just remember putting it on. It's just go 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 go. Blah 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 And then just this explosion of I don't even I don't even know how to describe it. And I feel like I don't really need to. You just need to experience this. But I just remember hearing that just that complete switch up and being like, holy shit! Yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck is this? It's amazing. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the face that I pulled, but it was just one of them where you were just like, what? Yeah. I, I, just, I just couldn't apprehend what was going on. And I just wanted and I just wanted more of it. And I say that, but I couldn't really get through the money store until I kind of adjusted myself to what death grips were. <laughs> yeah. Like, it took me a good couple of times to kind of wrap my head around it. And then at one point I was like, right, I'm just going to get through it. I'm just going to get through this now. But, and then it clicks, yeah. Get Got was like the first track, the first sort of weird track that I listened to, and I think it's just kind of mad that you know something that pretty much everyone else is gonna sit there and go, "This, is, why do you like this? This is so <laughs> weird." <laughs> but at the same time, it's just I've never heard this thing before, and it was the first time where I kind of realised that there's stuff like this there that's completely different and stuff that I haven't heard before and you know there's a whole other realm of music there that yeah. would just be so much more interesting to hear rather than you know the same rap songs over and over and over again to the point where I know all the lyrics I know everything there is to them and, and that's all you're going to get from it yeah. Different, but yeah all right it it's a good inclusion so what we got next this is this is a weird one because i remember because i think 2018 was the first year in which like i say was the first year in which i was fully involved in music and while it wasn't necessarily music as a whole it was you know rap music nonetheless and so yeah trying to transition out of that uh, i remember coming back home for christmas in 2018 and Again, it was a uh, Fantano's end of year list, and I remember seeing the Twin Fantasy cover from Car Seat Headrest, which is low key one of the best album covers ever. It's just so weird, but so simple. it is really cool, yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna get a tattoo of it someday because I love Will Toledo. I rate it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember it was actually really weird because, well, now I do as well, but like whenever I listen to an album, I always like to play a game, regardless of what it is. Like, I feel like an absolute, you know, 40 year old mum. But I'll pl- I'll play Candy Crush on my phone just to, <laughs> because I, it's something I can turn my brain off to, and then listen yeah, to the album. Focus so on that's the, music, the focus. Yeah. But I'm I'm still kind of doing something. But as well, I'm listening to the album. That's what's there. What it's there for. And then yeah. still 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 playing FIFA just while listening to music. But at the time, I think we got the uh, the, the Nintendo Wii out, and <laughs> I was playing Mario Kart. And I just remember I remember like trying to go through all the um, Grand Prix or whatever. Yeah. And so I was going through all of them, and then Beach Life and Death came on, which is my track for this for this pick. Uh, Second track on the it, album. It's a it's a it's a good thirteen minute song, um, <laughs> but it's 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 so worth it. But this is it. I remember listening to it and being like, "Oh, this is really really good." Oh, what's this called? Oh, it's Beach Life and Death. And then I go back to playing, and then was like, "Oh wow, this is actually really good." <laughs> Check it again. Oh no, still it's still song, yeah. and, It's still still Beach Life and Death. All oh, right, okay. And then carry on going. I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Oh yeah, shit. Checked it. It's Beach Life in Death again. Yep. I was like, "This song is <laughs> this song is unreal." It's so good. And then it didn't even feel it, like I, that long. It because he no. because it's so good and it, and it stays so good through. It doesn't drag at all. Yeah, it, exactly. it's such and a great think, song. I think this is it. I think I've listened to it quite a lot 
uh, in recent times and I think the way I kind of describe it is just more of like a millennial uh, bohemian rhapsody but with a lot more <laughs> yeah, emotion yeah. to it I but didn't better, yeah. to describe it just <laughs> That's because just the themes that he covers in it are amazing I think the the lyricism and some of the stuff that he goes over is is unreal and as well like instrumentation as well you kind of feel like you're going on a journey with the song as the character kind of is as well because the character the protagonist or whatever is just trying to get over losing this one boyfriend I think the yeah. boyfriend and then trying to come to terms with himself as well which is kind of which is just I think it kind of embodies that teenage angst and spe- and just in this day and age as well but it's in a very like it's not in a oh why'd he leave me kind of whiny <laughs> sort of Morning, yeah. yeah it's it's very like introspective and very very concise and mm. very well written so you I, you, yeah, you, you just got to respect it like I, I think it's so such a good song and it's off such a good album as well I love it yeah definitely oh we, we move on to a uh, to an- another weird well, another interesting weird. pick well, it, different yeah, for sure I just, the, <laughs> I just remember seeing a picture on Instagram, and it was from like one of those one of these music meme accounts, and it was like someone talking to a girl or something, and it was like, "Oh, I've got a completely different music taste. You won't like these albums that I listen to." And I think the two, the three albums that were there were "You Won't Get What You Want" by Daughters, mm. uh, "To Be Kind" by Swans, and then uh, this album. And I was like, "Oh, I, I've never I've never seen this album before. Oh, I'll I'll give it a listen." And it's got a nice, it's got a nice pink Very pretty album, album cover. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just, I, d- I didn't research the band. I didn't research the album. I just was like, oh, I'll put it on. And so put it on. And the track uh, that I'm referring to is uh, Dreamhouse by Death Heaven. And Off the album Sunbather. It was just, you kind of get like this quick riffing guitar and then it builds into like more atmospheric. And the next thing you know, you've got these like crashing drums that are going <laughs> so fast. And I was like, right, 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 right. And, and how am I supposed to, you know, compute all of this? You What's need a seatbelt on, on it, for that song. It's yeah. insane. And then he starts screaming into the mic. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? Because it didn't sound like that was coming at all, but it was yeah. still so intense that it was like, how did I not expect this? And I think since then I was just kind of glued to it. That, that was, was my just... kind of kind of experience with that song as well, because I was like, mm. it took me a while to appreciate it, but then yeah. like first time it just completely was like, oh my god, I'm like, I need to pause this. This is too much. <laughs> yeah. But you come back to it more and more once you know what you're in for. Yeah. I think. And it, it, it's a lot to take from it. Very enjoyable. That's it as well because it's it's black gaze, so it's not. And yeah. I, I'd never really done metal before. I think I tried listening to uh, Converge Jane Doe, but it was yeah. again, it was just like too much. But because it's black gaze, the more atmosphere that it brings to it, and as well, you kind of go through that little interlude in the middle where it just kind of calms everything down, mm. and you're just like, all oh, right, okay, cool, I can take a breather, and then it just goes back into it again. But the drums are still going the guitar's still going in and that's another thing as well because you don't understand the lyrics and like going to look at them that final leg is just kind of like what does he say it's like a text conversation between him and this girl and she says I'm dying and then he says is it blissful and then she says it's like a dream and then he goes I want to dream and he just starts screaming I want to dream mm. and it's just it's one of them where you're just like I feel like there's Shit. so much to take. Yeah. From, there's so much to take from this, but what do I take from this? That's it's a good just, thing. It's, it's open to interpretation, isn't it? Yeah. But I think that's it because I, I didn't really think that that could come from, you know, a metal album. 
in any yeah. in or a black metal album in any sense. Oh, that was it because I did I watch uh, deep cuts on YouTube, and so I think I, I've only been into one Discord because they do like a Discord, and I think it was yeah. coming off the back of his albums of the decade list, and I think Zombie uh, was one of them, and I think I was just listening to it, and I just kind of realised that throughout the entirety because it's a nine minute song, but it's packed with so much emotion like you can listen to this and you can just kind of want to sit in your own feelings and be introspective and cry or you yeah. can sit there and just want to roar everything and like punch holes in like every <laughs> wall like it, it's kind of mad how it brings all that different you know emotion to it and it's all tightly knit and packed into this one you know long song but it's such an amazing experience yeah absolutely yeah. So we'll transition into my next track, which is in no way as deep or as <laughs> complex or as uh, ethereal uh, as the last track or as layered. It's um, <laughs> Gek to You by 100 Gex. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about this one. Why do you enjoy giving yourself brain damage, Joe? <laughs> it's just you don't understand me, Sean. Oh, yeah. And no one else understands me. But <laughs> Only Dylan the Gex Brady, do. <laughs> Dylan Brady and Laura Les... They get you. <laughs> they know me. <laughs> uh, I'll always remember the first listen of 100 Gex because I listened to it. Because it's only a 20 minute album. I know it's a thousand Gex, isn't it? Yeah. But I yeah. remember listening to it and just kind of being, oh my, oh my God, like wh- there's so much different things going on because they put in hyper pop, but as well, it's like dubstep and then <laughs> you have like noise elements and it's just a, a, mi- a mishmash of just everything. And so I remember listening to 745 Sticky and being like, holy shit, like it sounds like a, a a trap record, but then it goes into whatever the hell that outro is. <laughs> but I think the best example of that on the album is, is Get To You because it kind of shows their songwriting credits because the, the track is so catchy. And like, you know, it's one of them, like I could, I could dance to that so easily. And then the outro is just distortion and then kind of builds up a bit more and then it's even more distortion <laughs> and it's just like kind of sums up what that record what that record is which is just a lot of fun a lot of yeah. simplistic elements mixed in with absolutely just chaos <laughs> is the only way i can describe it <laughs> but i think that's it there's not there's not really too much to say about a 100 gex track you just kind of listen to it and if you like it yeah. you like it and if you don't you don't it's just one musical of them. marmite in it i wish i was on i wish i was on you know the, the, on, gex on the side right now i wish i wish that i could appreciate it because it seems everyone who who does is having so much more fun than i am but i'm <laughs> just a, a boring person who cannot appreciate them as of yet. It's alright, Sean, you'll get there. We'll, I'm sure we'll I will. There. When I get lobotomized, <laughs> that'll be the first album I've put on. <laughs> that'll be the sign. That'll <laughs> yeah. be the sign you've changed. You've just, yeah. just transitioned out of this lifestyle and start listening to <laughs> They should have put that on for, for Jack Nicholson in um, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest when he comes yeah. back at the end of that. <laughs> yeah. when, he, when he comes out the end and it's just. Yeah. <laughs> Chief! Uh, oh no, it made so him listen to 100 Gecks. <laughs> that's why that's why Chief had to escape. He knew that they were gonna put a Gex album hey. for him next. <laughs> so yeah, that yeah, fountain went straight it. out of that window. <laughs> oh fuck. And uh, to be quite, I was track, quite yeah. surprised that you didn't include any My Bloody Valentine. Did I was you tempted to be any fair. My Bloody Valentine on yours? I didn't. I was tempted. I but I did not. I, in the end. There's no shoegaze on mine. I was gonna no. actually put um 
a slow dive one on there at one point, but I mean, that, you, that you, also you, got, got canned. <laughs> we'll get to that later. We'll get yeah, to we'll, that. We'll, in. We'll say, yeah, we'll get to that next week. Tune in. But uh, for my final to. pick, I kind of wanted to go for one sums up where I am right now in terms of what I'm Oof. listening to. Are you okay, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> you just listen to this song and then you... Like you yeah, you be the judge, yeah. Watching... Um, Lost in Translation really got me into this song as well, which yeah. is one of your favourite films. It is, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's Sometimes by My Bloody Valentine. Oh, and I beautiful think song. Listening to Loveless, I listened to it quite a while back and I did enjoy it. And I, it was one of them where, you know, I kind of, you know, was like, oh, this seems kind of interesting. I'll keep going back to it. Yeah. But I don't think any of the tracks really stuck to me that way until, you know, I watched Lost in Translation and it's just that scene of uh, them going back through Japan. And yeah. it's just how, just that, go- I don't even know, is it a bass? Is it the bass or is it just a distorted guitar? Just a, uh, yeah, just, just a big distorted guitar. It just kind of layers the whole thing and you just feel all wrapped up in it. Walking just outside, listening to that track, you just kind of feel engulfed by everything. Yeah. It's just a song and to get lost in, isn't it? I haven't really explored, you know, the meaning of the track. Yeah, I you think You create your own, though, don't you? Yeah. When I was deciding on these tracks, I think my first instinct was to be very intellectual about it and go for songs that kind of create an environment that I can just yeah. kind of sit in and songs that are, sound absolutely incredible in their soundscape that I can just sit and appreciate them. So a lot of those songs were kind of like The Glowing Man by Swans, yeah. Earth Mover by Have a Nice Life. I was also considering Heroin by Velvet Underground just for that final leg of it. Yeah. But I think this kind of this kind of sums sums it up perfectly. Yeah. Just the guitar's so distorted and but as well so slow and mel- I feel like I keep saying this, but it, it just <laughs> kind of feels like melancholy and you just kind of sit in it and you just kind of let things happen. Yeah. It's and best that, song that's, to do that, that. That, that sometimes is just kind of what you want. <laughs> to wallow in your own filth. Exactly. Uh, before, we, <laughs> before we move on to my, my film, I wanted to also shout out, I'm trying to think what the other songs that I had, uh, Old Friends by Pine Grove. It just kind of feels like you've got a, a friend there with you. Solace by Earl Sweatshirt. Which, which is one where you need to start asking me if I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's so amazing the way in which he just kind of... I don't know. It be, to me, it just kind of sums up what it's like to feel depressed in the way yeah. that it feels so weird and so abstract. And as you go through the tracks, you kind of hear Earl just get more and more raw about himself and you know how he's feeling. Uh, oh, that was it. Um, Shoe Shoes Get Up as well. I think it's a song about how music's basically done so much for Jamie Stewart. Yeah. Then it's just that, like again, that final that final leg of just that guitar. It just feels so gorgeous, but um, we'll put them all in a playlist so you can listen to all of them and see see what you make of it for yourself. But yeah, we'll, we'll Lovely move. stuff. Your film choice, Joe. I think everyone who knows me or knows me well <laughs> saw this coming. Knows, yeah, knows what I'm going to say for this, and I did try and sit there and think about <laughs> different films that kind of have a, the same effect on me. In my ways of looking for different films, I kind of wanted to go for, again, films that benefit you and they help you learn from them. Yeah. Um, I think I was looking at Birdman because that's such an amazing film in terms of the way the character turns out and, you know, his own mental struggles, but it's like joint personality disorder or whatever, but every single character in that is so good. Uh, Synecdoche, New York as well, because every single Charlie Kaufman film raises <laughs> eight 80 questions whenever yeah. you watch it doesn't matter how many times you watch a Charlie Kaufman film 
there's just more questions to be asked and i think those were the only two that really like stood out to me i would have liked to shout out la hen because it's such an amazing film but i think i can i can get so much from that and then that's where it cuts off mm. but I th- the film that i went with to no surprise mm-hmm. to anyone is the irishman whoa um, <laughs> no way. i know <laughs> i know this film this is another one there's very few people that i've seen that kind of enjoy it and i think it comes with so many connotations that the whole point of the film is just never ever realized by people yeah i I definitely there's no one i know who who has gone into the film with like as much detail and drawn as much from it as you like no no reviews of it that i've seen i've you are in a league of your own and how much you enjoy that one this is why I started the podcast so yeah. I could just chat shit about <laughs> educate the, the masses on the Irishman yeah. I mean, obviously Scorsese's teamed up again in a gangster epic with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci uh, he's also brought in Al Pacino who's also a titan of the uh, the gang mob film yeah. whatever. but as well what you need to kind of realise is, is that Harvey Keitel's in this film as well Harvey Keitel the gang was all in, back together, yeah. He was in Martin Scorsese's first film, mm. and I think that kind of that kind of says a lot as well. And then obviously everyone looks at, oh, Robert De Niro looks so different with this anti-aging technology, and then they go, why is it three and a half hours long? <laughs> and so then no one ever really wants to watch it, and so basically people are put off by that as well. And even still, as you go through the film, it's not Goodfellas, it's not Casino, it's not yeah. The Wolf of Wall Street. It does have that energy in some spaces, but once you finish the film, you're kind of left there thinking, right, so what was that all about? And that's what makes the film so good. And this is it. It does benefit from a second viewing, but no one's ever going to be bothered <laughs> to watch it again at the time which i watched it i just shoved it on and it was like 11 o'clock in the evening i just remember watching it and i got got to the cl- i don't want to spoil this film for people who are watching it so i'm going to try and be as you know as vague <laughs> as yeah. i can in that sense while trying to still put my point across but i just remember getting to ultimately the climax of the film and then kind of sat there being like right so why am i here <laughs> what's <laughs> the point in all of this and then there's that last half an hour and it just shows because the whole film is coming from Robert De Niro's perspective it's shown in the form of the film as well like certain people the whole film is basically focused around their death and when it comes to the actual event of it happening it lasts like a full 20 25 minutes half an hour maybe Mm. whereas you know someone who at first glance you may see as being closer to him when they die he says three words and that's that it kind of it kind of shows the character in that in the form as well and so the whole film centers around the guy's view because he's narrating the film i feel like with goodfellas it's kind of showing you different events instead of different events from henry hill's standpoint yeah whereas the irishman is fully looking at frank sheeran in that perspective but I think the film takes all of Scorsese's typical tropes from the gangster film. You've got, obviously, Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro. You've mm. got the the energy of it in some spaces. You've got all the montages. You've got the violence. You've got the music going as well, the quick editing. And then just there's just moments of it where he just, st- he just strays away from that. And I think that's what throws people off is because that's what they're expecting and they're expecting the story to round out just so well, which I believe it does, but it rounds out in a completely different way, which is what he wanted, because obviously the guy's older now. (laughs) Martin Scorsese's very old. Well, not not to to insult the guy, but, you know, he is, and so is Joe Pesci, 
Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and he's basically just putting that gangster genre to bed in a sense with this film because as Frank Sheeran tells his whole life story and what his life's been about, all the narration basically comes to a point where it stops and he's in this he's in the nursing home now and he's basically on his last legs and the whole film is about how he wants to leave behind a legacy because he's now sat there wondering all his friends are dead you know his whole life and what he lived for that's all gone now and what's it all for and so he that's what martin scorsese saying as in like yeah, all shit. these gangster films all this effort that he's put into all of his films, all this legacy that he's leaving behind, what's it all for? With that, you know, you kind of get so many different perspectives on this film. And as well, when he is telling you the story of his life, like, you are so drawn into it as well. So you kind of get that, you know, full story of it in which you're just so enveloped. And then you can kind of take a step back and just, you know, ask yourself all these questions as well and kind of benefit from it in that way as well. And so, yeah, it turns out to be a very intimate film. And in my mm. opinion, Scorsese's best film because of how personal it is and how he's taking his own career and displaying that in front of you and displaying, you know, what does it all mean? Yeah. That, that's that's ultimately what makes that film tick for me and why that film stands out to me and why I think it deserves a lot more credit than the average people, you know, give it credit for. Yeah. But yeah. I promise you, Joe, I will watch it at some point. <laughs> I am going I to get that, around to it. I think so, you sold it to me. It's, yeah, you sold it to me now many times. I, it it yeah. is on my list. I just, like you say, I, I struggle to find three and a half hours sometimes. But <laughs> Three and a half hours to watch it. I think that's it as well, because I'm um, talking to my auntie about it, and she's like, I can only watch it in half an hour goes. And I was like, nah, I literally put it on at <laughs> 11, thinking it was about three hours, and I could go to bed at two. Then I was like, oh, no, it's three and a half. And I don't know why that <laughs> half an hour, like fully made it like oh shit but yeah it did <laughs> this is the sounds of it absolutely I mean, worth if you, it if it if it if the Irishman still doesn't sound appealing to you then yeah man it's just yeah, don't just help don't then yeah <laughs> it's not it's not going to appeal to you anyway nah i'm definitely going to no. give it a watch <laughs> i didn't realize how 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 off i could go on this film well i could, <laughs> it's good, I though. could but, yeah no I... <laughs> I i could but it's a, it's the first time that i've kind of just let myself run with it yeah no, i'm glad you did lot of it good insight on that film it's making me want to watch it even more moving on to your next category but if you want to say something about um no no no, no i've said it i've said enough all right all right we'll crack on <laughs> your famous person who would you bring with you on this island now there was someone else who i did want to bring there was and yeah well i will i will give them a mention which is gaspar noe i feel like not many mm. people will know who that is but he's a director behind such horrific films but in the most amazing way his most horrific being irreversible and to an extent climax but irreversible is just in a league of its own it's it's one of those films where you you see the how horrific it is and then you can still come out of that film being like oh wow and then being introspective about it all um, it's not just gore for the sake of gore is it but that's what i love about him he's only made five films but each one has a message and each one has something that it kind of shoves in your face that you've then got to like take in and consider. Mm. I just think his his mind's just amazing. I think like, like we were talking before, and how he never watches films himself. He watches documentaries because he just wants to learn from what he's watching. Yeah. And as well, <laughs> I just love the fact that he went into um, 
Black Panther and then walked out <laughs> after 20 minutes because there was no substance to it. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll just make that announcement now. Of course, with my favourite film being The Irishman, I, I am one to um, <laughs> denounce Marvel films for just... You know what? That's a, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> that's another episode, I'll, that is. Yeah, yeah, I'll leave that there. But the person that I did pick was Andre 3000 of Outcast fame. Very I think. good choice. He's just, he's just one of those people. He's basically like Kanye, but if Kanye was humble... <laughs> I think is how I'd describe him but I think it's kind of mad as well just his outlook in general and listening to him speak just about life is just so interesting and I feel like he's one of those people where you could gain so much from him because obviously he did grow up in Atlanta in the um, you know 80s 90s you know 70s mm. maybe so he's probably experienced a lot there and then you know it's just kind of insane how the guy who wrote Miss Jackson and Hey Ya is ultimately now in a massive, you know, writer's block. And as yeah. well, the fact that he did su- he did such an amazing job with The Love Below and doesn't really want to make a new album or do his own solo stuff. He just kind of does his own solo projects. Yeah, he quit, quit quite while he was ahead, didn't he? But I think as well, his reasoning for it makes a lot of sense because yeah. he said that to be a part of the hip-hop culture, you have to be hip and to be hit you have to be young and you know he was growing up at the time and I think listening to The Love Below you could see that his musical output was straying further and further away from rap music and Mm. you see it in today's age with Eminem hey we've we've rounded this all back yeah we've rounded this all back to Eminem (laughs) Um, but you see it in today's age with Eminem and how you know the guy has released two diamond albums but now he's just a meme yeah now the man needs like all, to quit. Like exactly, all the he's like the same age as my dad, and he just yeah. oh, it's so much cringe. <laughs> exactly, and it's just kind of interesting how Andre three thousand thought this way. You know, back in two thousand and three. Yeah, and I think you know, while you know, for the fans, it may have not been the best idea, but, but for himself, to him, yeah, for him as a person, I think that's kind of admirable in that you know he just kind of saw that straight away. And as well, some of his speeches that he's put out in the last few years are insane. Yeah. Because my first instance of um, Andre 3000 was uh, the uh, solo reprise on Blonde. Yeah. And I think on my first listen to the album, that was the track that stood out to me, mainly probably because it was just someone rapping. But reading the bars that he put out and his rhyme schemes and stuff, it's just so... He's just so creative. And it's just... To an extent, it's a shame that he can't he doesn't want to put out music or you know because I think regardless of what he put out because he did do that EP a couple years ago with uh, Look Ma No Hands mm. and uh, the one about his mum which which was still great in my opinion but I think Andre 3000 just have such a great outlook on life yeah and that's that's what I'd want if I was if I was on a desert island on my own I just feel like he'd be someone who would be up for talking about absolutely anything and just kind of sharing knowledge and stuff and like the knowledge that he's gained I feel like that'd be just be so interesting to see in person. yeah no you definitely get a lot from him I think that's a sick choice but what, yeah, would, uh, what would you pick for your final thing your luxury item my, lux- my luxury item I went with because I was thinking about you know what I'd benefit from and I was just like you know what I'd look I think just either a notepad um, with a pen and a dictionary or a <laughs> laptop put a dictionary that that'll be fine just because that way i can kind of sit there with my own thoughts and just kind of construct them and just write whether it just be about my life or if i want to then start writing stories and start creating in that sense i think that'd probably be what i'd end up doing yeah 
um, if I if I was just stuck on my on my own, I just can't try and want to create something. And so having something there to write it all down, write ideas down, write everything down. Yeah, limitless potential just, with that. Yeah, that that'd probably be it for me. I'd just be able to enjoy myself with that and just kind of you know, well if I if I am stuck on a desert island and there's no chance of me getting off, you know, at least there's something there in which I can just some just document of it. Yeah, enjoy myself. No, I rate it. Yeah. <laughs> you and Andre, you know, living me, out your last Andre, days. Me and Andre write, writing shit down. Writing bars, freestyling. Just write, write, write Andre 3000's biography. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be but pretty yeah. sick. But yeah, they are my uh, Desert Island Discs. That has so, been an yeah. insight into quite... the mind of Joe Smith. The so, fans were craving it. They've been asking, <laughs> exactly. they've been asking for this for so we years. Gave, we gave the fans what they wanted. This is just fan service. <laughs> you know how Joe thinks. His mind exactly. is like clockwork around the Irishman. Just, just that's, it. that's all I think about. I just watch yeah. the Irishman eight times a day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, just to say for for both of our fixes, we just kind of wanted to sit and talk about the uh, the MF Doom discography because that's that's what I've been listening to. That's what since, I've been listening uh, to since New Year's Eve. Mad, Mad Villainy is goaded, and I didn't realize how good um, food was as well. Yeah. Like, I was kind of growing. I was kind of getting into it more and more. And then I was like, you know what? I'll listen through it again. I was like, yeah. So some of his bars are just incredible. I yeah. Think accordion, accordion will always be one that sticks with me because I remember when I was lifeguarding, I just I used to kind of sit on the chair, and then if no one else was on pool, then I was sat there watching like two old people swim. <laughs> I just kind of I just kind of start rapping verses because like you know that's all I, that's just I was that into rap music. Yeah. And so that's it. I just kept on going with accordion until I could do it all. It's a great tune, good one to learn. And I think uh, the one that I've heard recently was uh, That's That. Yeah, yeah. He just starts rhyming complex from the beginning and it just (laughs) carries on and carries on and carries on. I I recommend both of those tracks. I think I've gone back and forth as to which out of of those big two that I prefer. I think for a while I was on Mm. Um Food, then I went to Mad Villainy and now I think I probably rank them pretty equally. Uh, but yeah. for different reasons, because you know it's different different production styles. But the sampling yeah. on both of them is insane. Like I think um, the best samples are the ones on Rap Snitch Knishes, and um, oh, yeah, yeah. I think Meat Grinder is sick as well. And uh, One Beer, they've all got the great samples. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to send you the the original song. Cause yeah, Cortex. Sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the, the one. I love that album. It's October nineteen seventy. Yeah, it's a sick album. Isn't it? I know it's so good. French jazz is the shit. 70s French jazz. Rest in peace to the villain. I think it's it's kind of kind of mad to see how many people came out. Yeah, literally. As well, I had a lot of cool friends who actually liked him as well. Yeah, it was weird seeing um, Playboy Carty. He came out saying it because I think on his album as well, he said there's a bar where he says. I take off my mask at MF Doom or something like that. Yeah, I just thought it's just the weirdest person, like the last <laughs> person I would have expected to have a bar about MF Doom. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like he's taken much influence from him, but you know, no. there's clearly some appreciation. <laughs> it's there, there. Yeah. it's there still. Rest, rest in peace, MF Doom. But yeah, thank you for listening. Follow us on Instagram. Your final fix. Uh, in the bio, there'll be a link to our playlists. This week we're doing one on our favorite rap verses to commemorate Doom. Uh, both of our our own Instagrams are there as well. Follow Chihuahua Band as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they've got some they've got some new and interesting stuff coming out this year. So look forward to that. And other than that, thanks for listening. We'll see you next see you week. Next for week. Sean's Desert Island Discs. Nice.